Who who is the pitcher for the Cubs in the World Series that is now a uh, Yankee? Oh wait, wasn't it Chapman? Yeah. Yeah. That's what that's what I thought his name was. There you <laughs> go. Um, Kira, who? So that we were just going, we were just talking about is uh, kind of part of why it sucks, other than it being the Dodgers and the Red Sox just on its face, um, is the fact that these two teams. Uh, seem to me to have a uh, a higher amount of just purchased players compared to some other teams in the league. Um, yes. Can you think of can you think of players on either team that came either from draft or from farming? Um, let's see. Where's the roster here? The roster. Welcome to the Completely Unprepared Podcast. My name is David. I'm Ward Tiny. And I'm sick of both the Red Sox and the Dodgers. Aren't we all? Yeah, so... Tonight's episode is brought to you by Cheetahs. They're magically vicious. <laughs> Wait, you said Cheetahs? I thought you said Cheetos. Yeah. Nope. We, we we don't we can't we're not sponsored by Cheetos we can't say that we're sponsored by Cheetos. But Cheetos, we would like to be sponsored by you. We I mean, I'll take Cheetos. Yeah, che- Cheetos are a lot cooler than Cheetos. Uh, Do they pay for as one? Well? They're not. Um, not quite, but they're not covered in cheese dust, which is a plus. Just actual dust. Yeah. But anyways, back to the back to that question, Kira. Um, what have you What have you found? Well, also, I why does it know. sound like there's a child in the background? Because uh, I'm watching TV. Ah. I have like a minute and a half left on this TV show. Yeah, no worries. And I figured I just wanted to watch it because something. It always the thing. I watched The Good Place. And the thing always happens oh, yeah. in the very, very end. And so right now, um, the best part like, about the sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. What's the best part? The best part about the good place is that they always shit on the Jags, and the Jags are good now. <laughs> Jason's like, go Jaguars! <laughs> like so, basically in that show, like early on, there was this running gag that. One of the guys there was a huge Jags fan, and it was really funny because it was back when the Jags were terrible. And then all of a sudden, like last year, they came out like super strong, and now on like the newer season, they're like, like everything's wrong. The Jags are good now. What are we doing? <clears throat> yeah, this isn't right. Um... If I remember correctly, the creator of that show is actually a big Jaguars fan. <laughs> what a dumbass. 
<laughs> um, I could be misremembering that though. Um, so I'm not gonna lie, I don't really know a whole lot about minor league, especially because like with so much of MLB, like you, MLB's farm system is so fucking huge and. It's so unreliable in that, like, one year a team can have, like, call up a really great prospect, and that, like, there's so many times, like, that prospect just turns out to stay with that team for a really long time. Um, Or they could have been in, like, that prospect could have only been there for a year. They could have only been there for, like, a few months after they graduated college or even high school. Um so it's not like I've never really followed minor league hundred um, percent just because already baseball takes up so much of my mental bandwidth, like on the majors end. Um, as far as how much like these really good teams, how good they are at actually developing talent. Like I know the Yankees have always had like decent pipelines. It's not even recruiting either because well, I guess it is recruiting, professional recruiting. So looking at like how they rank farm systems, it's basically like the top prospects that get called up throughout the year, or, like how their top prospects perform in minors. How much you're paying them versus how much they produce. Right. Looking at the Yankees, like (laughs) they, if we're talking specifically about the Yankees, I guess. Like, yeah. Well, yes, boo is correct. Just anytime you say that word, I'm just gonna boo. Just so we're clear. Yank. My chain. I was ready. I know. I heard it. Um. (laughs) I mean, I do feel like you're seeing a lot more guys kind of cycling around in the minor leagues. And to have a guy that you call up do really, really well in his first year without being traded a few times is really hard. So that's also where, like, Hmm. farms are really difficult because, like, the Rockies could call a guy up and then they option him back and then those rosters trade back and forth themselves. But from this past year, I hate when you call a guy up and he doesn't stick around. Uh, happens all the time. Well, so um, I I'm I just found a, a thing here that has their entire roster with what what who was drafted, who was traded, and who yeah. was signed. <clears throat> so looking at their starting lineup tonight, the Dodgers they signed Turner and Puig as free agents, and they drafted Clayton Kershaw and the remaining seven players in their lineup they traded for. Yeah. At some point in time. Now I think they drafted Matt Kemp and then traded him to the Padres who traded him to the Braves. And then they traded back for Kemp again this year, which is a yes. weird way to come back and play in a world series with your team that drafted you. I, Cause I, I seem to remember that they drafted him, but I could be wrong about that. Yeah, he, he came right straight. He, yeah, he was drafted straight out of college. Straight out of college. Hey, hey. Because he was <laughs> with the Dodgers up until 15, 2015. Because he was an all-star twice. 
in like 10 and 11 or 11 and 12 I can't remember um it was while I was in college but yeah I mean that's why like that's why baseball is what it is to an extent is because yes you have like the majors like major league baseball and that each has like your 40 man rosters for fucking however how many fucking teams do we even have anyway jesus like 30 ish for i believe it's exactly 30 yes 30 yeah because it's five times six divisions can we just take a moment i was the person who knew one thing about baseball tonight (laughs) (laughs) you guys know everything else about it compared to me but i have the one thing no you got it and you also know to boo the yankees boo but yeah, it's like you're you're talking about talent and you're evaluating farm system talent and these kids are getting injured more frequently in the minors. Like it's it's not as common, I guess, for guys to get like I don't know. I really the farm system is incredibly complex with how many teams there are and I would say however that I agree that it's harder for teams like like the eight okay the A's the A's have a really good farm system like they've always been able to recruit really good talent um teach them really well get them in really good spots but then those kids get like Sonny Gray Sonny Gray is the perfect example like he did so well and they called him up with the A's and he was like absolutely crushing it he was the ace for the year and then yankees came along and offered him way more money and it's like of course like that's what you work towards as a kid is like Mm. being able to play for a shit ton of money on a really good team so it's like right you can develop and like so he's different i guess like um oh what's why steven piscotti he he was lucky that his the cardinals worked with him because his mom was going through cancer and he's from the bay and so like he was making a like a decent amount of money with the cards but then he wanted to move back home so like they literally just traded him like that does not happen or like even with the nfl like you have career like career guys who are like career guys with i don't even know like what's a shitty team that has like a decent franchise player Megatron for the Lions. There you go. So, like, he's there, but that's because he's, like, content, I guess. Like, he's doing really good, and he's doing fine. Like, with the Rockies, our guys, like, Nolan was called up in the farm system. Um, But there's no guarantee he's going to stay with us as a free agent unless somebody offers him more money. Like, Charlie Blackman is a hometown guy. Like, he would not do as well as he does outside of Colorado, honestly, because, like, he's a fucking mountain man, and he belongs in the woods with his baseball bat killing bears. Like, he's <laughs> <laughs> a, a fucking, like, gem and, a, like, a state treasure. Hey, so um, I'm really excited to watch that 30 for 30 for the record. <laughs> I was going to say, somebody needs to get on that commercial. <laughs> he there make it happen that's exactly what i was thinking from the preseason last year from spring training was in arizona uh they had a cast like a real casting competition like fishing and mm. um he led it and so he's just out there like literally in his waders shirtless like 
chest high waders and like kiddie pools teaching all the other Rockies kids like how to fit like how to cast a reel adorable but like when you when you said casting in Arizona that was not what I thought you were talking about (laughs) (laughs) anyway I'm speaking out my ass about baseball long story short like yes money makes a difference when you're trying to recruit top talent and you're trying to recruit guys who have spent their like a decade or like five years working up in the farm system if they're like, and that's not even traditional anymore. You have a lot of kids who are going straight, like Dansby Swanson, who won, like, um, wait, what's his name? <laughs> he's went to Vanderbilt. His name is Dansby Swanson the oh. third. Um, oh, yeah. I, th- he, I, thought you, I thought you said dance beat. Oh, no. D A N S B Y. Dansby Swanson. I would root um, for Dansby Swanson. Dansby Swanson? Yeah, I would too. Mm-hmm. I don't root for Dansby. But he played for Vanderbilt. Um, he's 24. He played for Vandy. I don't even remember when. And, and he went straight from college into the pros. And now he's like starting shortstop for the Atlanta Braves. No, oh, wow. Like you have a lot of guys who now are. It's the exact opposite, I think, of college basketball. Like you have guys who go to college, who play in the World Series, who play college ball, get drafted, and pros look at that as like kind of the farm system Hmm. like you could draft a guy and start him and then option him it's fine like baseball managers have that ability to mess around with their rosters a little bit more especially when you have like a trade deadline like in august well that was one other thing that i saw looking at the red sox now is that uh they two of their starters at least from tonight's game i don't know i don't know if they if the lineups got switched up or something for tonight i'm just going off of what tonight's lineups were oh, let's see. um going going off of that uh xander bogarts and uh i don't know his first name devers <clears throat> uh, were both drafted in the international uh <laughs> not drafted <laughs> international Goldbox. free agency yeah <clears throat> Which is a um, huge part of it too. Like international players are so much bigger in baseball than any other sport. Like, yeah, nobody nobody uh, wants more. It's Boringer anymore. <laughs> yeah, uh, if you listen to, if you just like watch the Dodgers um, in press conferences, and you didn't know they were representing LA, you'd think they're representing like Dominican Republic or something. <laughs> It's yeah, a bunch of like super dark black dudes speaking Spanish. Yeah, D D R and Cuba are huge. Well, Cuba, I mean, there's that whole history of like, um, what's his name? I can pitch what Castro. literally. Yeah, Castro. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's best no. guess when you're talking about that's Cuba. League. Oh yeah. Right. Um, he like fled Cuba. Was it Puig or was it Yanis? Anyway, so for Yaziel Puig, uh, since 2009, Puig tried to defect to Mexico 13 times in order to become a legal resident so he could become eligible to sign a contract in MLB. Like, basically, he pulled over the play by the police. Boat failed to arrive. Their, uh, police have raided the safe house, detained him for six days. Uh, U.S. Coast Guard accepted their boat. 
Uh, then he was taken to Mexico by a drug cartel. Uh, so, like, the smugglers sold him to, like, this dude. Okay, this is, yeah, this was it. Wow. The smugglers had an a. Yeah, okay. I'm excited so... for this 30 for 30. <laughs> it's going to be some serious shit. Um, so, 2009, he tried over thir- 13 times over the course of like three years. Um, so, he was successfully taken on the fifth attempt by this drug cartel. The smugglers had agreed to sell him for $250,000 to a Flor- Floridian guy um, who, in exchange, would pr- receive 20% of his future earnings after he signed an MLB contract. Sorry, real um, quick. Can we not refer to him as a Floridian guy, but instead call him what he is, which is a Florida man? Florida man, Thank sorry. Thank you. It says, it says Floridian Raul Pacheco, but Florida man. Florida man. Um, so that happened, but then uh, the captain of the smuggling boat was found dead in Cancun. So then... Um, like basically, like Puig got sold to this dude, and so far, according to court records, Puig has paid Pacheco over one point three million dollars. Good God! Can you imagine trying to uh, kidnap Yasiel Puig? <laughs> that that seems like a fool's errand. Um, Deadliest man but, with a bat, and I wouldn't take my chances without a bat. So it's like you know, Cuba in the DR. Kind of doing a bit, kind of a big deal. It happens. Yeah. For baseball. Cuba, the DR, and the DL. Been a night. Yeah. Um. So international baseball is a thing. Also Japan too. Japan. Um, Japanese baseball leagues. Oh my gosh. Ichiro. Ichiro. Because it makes so much sense with Japanese culture, like. The, having like this sport that requires like practice and honing and perfection and stuff like the discipline required oh yeah like, oh it's so amazing i love japanese baseball players anyway you know, that's the quote you for know me. why i hate the uh yankees boo it's because they they gave ichiro a better deal than the than the sonics could give him I refuse to forget them for taking Ichiro. That is exclusively the reason. Then the Sonics? Ichiro is my all time. Uh, the Mariners. I was like, you know? okay, what what hiccup of history did I miss? I mean, it's true. They did offer him a better deal than the Sonics did. I don't even think the Sonics offered him a deal. I'm sure um, they didn't. But definitely a better deal than what the Mariners were giving him. Which I, I'm just, I refuse to forgive them. I, I, I'm having enough trouble forgiving the reds for taking uh the griffies i won't forgive the yankees <laughs> very interesting uh that's much stuff i didn't know about baseball yeah. uh and also never knew that anyone had the balls to kidnap yasiel puig but you know there's a lot of dumb people well, out they, there didn't kidnap him. they did not kidnap him they smuggled him because one of the guys in the drug cartel had like known him and his mom or something like that and like Oh, okay. like, oh yeah, we smuggle drugs. We'll just take you too. <laughs> so you're a couple kilos, right? Yeah. It's gonna be great. Can you just shove this up your ass? <laughs> it's gonna be oh, great. I had a nickel for every time I wish I didn't hear that. <laughs> um, I'd I'm have a steady find... stream of nickels. <laughs> 
Oh, this was what it was. Okay, this is what I was thinking about. Um, Yanis Cespedes and his escape from Cuba. In 2013, yeah. they brought his mom up. And, like, he, he would not have a whole lot of contact with his mom. And it was really cute and emotional. And I, like, sobbed when they were reunited. So. Because this was when he was with, um, he was with the A's. And, like. They had landed safely, and they had to like really coordinate and be careful. So interesting. That's a bunch of stuff that I didn't know about baseball, and I feel like I'm a better sports fan for knowing all this new information about baseball. Go baseball! In sad baseball news, the Red Sox won. <laughs> In sad baseball news, the World Series has the Red Sox and the Dodgers. <laughs> right. I don't even. Of- yeah, I don't even know who I'm trying to root for. Like, I guess I'm rooting for the Dodgers. Don't root cause... for either of them. It's that fucking easy. <laughs> Literally, rooting for the Red Sox because you don't like the Dodgers does not make you a better person. Rooting for the Dodgers because you don't like the Red Sox also does not make you a better person. Hating well, both teams is probably the most holistic thing that you can do. I kind of like Puig, though. But well, now yeah, that's also yes, but also. Well, I mean, I, I I liked him before that, but yeah, you were saying it before you. It definitely, it definitely gets outbalanced by hating Manny Machado. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just don't care. Like, yeah. Sorry, I I have no plans to watch any of this World Series. It's it's going to be interesting, and it's going to be really like I'm sure there will be highlights, and I'll probably watch it. After the fact. Oh, you're, you're in full boycott. It's not so much a boycott in that it's just like, you know what? Cool. Like, here are these two teams that have had so much success for so many years. Like, I just literally don't care about either. Like, I just don't care about either of these teams. Fair enough. There is fair. nothing in my emotional being that's like, oh, like, you know fair what? Enough. I really want to see, like, Clayton Kershaw win a, a, a title. No, nope. yeah. I, I don't feel anything for that. If it had been the Astros, yes. Even if it had been the Brewers, 100% would have tuned in. Even if they got swept. Don't give a shit. But there's nothing in your emotional register for either of these remaining teams. Nope. I, uh, I can't fault you for that. Um, How's the tennis football. world now that we've spent like a solid half hour on just... Baseball? Oh, yeah. I'll talk about tennis for a little bit because nobody wants to hear it. Um, as y'all know, I've been fucking bitching and whining about uh, majors needing... They all need to have final set tiebreakers because the game is so much different. Uh, I've bloviated about it before. Y'all know. Oh, yeah. um, but recently, Wimbledon has officially announced that they will be implementing a uh, final set tiebreaker for both <gasps> men and women um, after they get to 12-12. <laughs> Jesus, wow. which is still insane because yeah. you've already you've still played twenty four games up to that point, like in in that set alone, which you know is essentially four sets worth of games, at least. Yeah. Um, if you know if it's an even but match, which I guess it would be higher. Extra set. Yeah, you it, it literally is because you get you know you assume you get six six. And then you basically do it again yeah. and do another 6-6. Six, six. So you've done a whole other extra set. And then finally you get to be like, well, let's keep, let's go. 
But, you know, I'll go with the old adage, don't look a gift horse in the mouth and say, I'm just happy that they finally decided to put in a tiebreaker. Um, <laughs> who would have thought that John Isner would be the person to change the face of tennis in this generation? But he officially has, and it's great. I'm very happy about it. Well, <sighs> you know what? I'll... Exactly. You know, sometimes you ask for everything so that way you can get a little bit less. If you want a cat, ask your parents for a horse. Same idea. Because <laughs> you work your way down. What did John Isner have to do with this? Um, so John Isner is basically like the poster boy for it. Because uh, in the two longest, mm-hmm. m- both of the like longest matches in Wimbledon history, uh, John Isner was <laughs> right in the heart of it. The first one was back in like 2012, I want to say, maybe 2011. Uh, John Isner and Nicolas Mahou from France went to a final set that finished it took three days to play and it finished 70 to 68 uh, was the final set score yeah they played so they played like a hundred what was that uh, 138 uh, quick math I think uh, yeah 130, 138 games in that final set which is fucking insane um and so, like, John Isner couldn't play the next day, basically, because, like, he showed pictures and his feet were covered in blisters. And I say oh next day, God. it was four days later. Okay. Uh, Jesus. It was, like, four days from the start, because he took three days to do that match. So he still had to play the very next day after that. Um, and then, but more recently, this past Wimbledon, in the semifinals, uh, he played Kevin Isner, or Kevin Isner, Kevin Anderson, uh, and that match went to, I think, 24-22 in the semifinals, uh, which is also absurd. And then in the finals, Kevin Anderson, after beating Isner, goes out and he puts up like the most sad display ever because he physically can't do it uh, just because he got so drained from that match. So it, basically what, what ended up being the push was both of these huge matches that John Isner played. Uh, that just went on forever. Basically, the problem for John Isner is he has the most dangerous serve in all of tennis, but he doesn't have any of his other strokes as well formed. So he just sits there and serves out his games and then sends it to a tiebreaker. But if there's no final set tiebreaker, it can go on forever. Yep. Especially if he's playing against another big server. Well, good know. for them. Good for them to finally... <laughs> do what Take everyone else is already doing. Yeah. yeah. Soon we'll be able to get the NFL to adopt colleges overtime rules. <laughs> yeah, because the NFL is so adaptive and forward thinking. They're really progressive. I don't know if you've noticed. <laughs> I haven't. I really haven't. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 100% have not noticed that. Well, it's good <laughs> that you haven't noticed because it doesn't exist. <laughs> Yeah, that, yeah, that, that here, I've noticed. <laughs> here I am still playing fantasy football. And the London breed. <laughs> I'm so happy you guys appreciated that. That was great. Because <laughs> I didn't, well, well, intern was taking pictures and he sent them all, like he put them all on our phone. I was going through them and I was like, oh, this is going to be great. Uh. Please explain for the kids at home that are listening in. Um, There was a picture of me talking to my boss in an event today. 
or my boss's boss rather and I was very intense in my speaking with her because we were trying to she moved in front of the awning which was going to be opening right there and we needed to move her she needed to just basically stay where she was is that so like there was no like open shooter to take her out well no because the awning for this cafe opened outward by like a solid fucking six feet and she stood like right in front of it and so I was like, no, go back. And she's like, what? And I'm like, and like the embassy is trying to pull her like back to it. And like, she's bringing the kids in front of it. I'm like, no, like you're going to get hit. <laughs> and then he, and then you yelled, get down. And you jumped and you dove and like tackled her. I would. No. Uh, and then you like, definitely, like oh. she looked a lot more patient in that picture than I feel like she <laughs> was with me however it's good and everything got figured out and everybody's alive and nobody got hit with a fucking awning today kira kira would take a bullet for her but only after that episode episode of uh house of cards happens Hmm. oh for fucking sure (laughs) um so yeah i'm not up to date on my house of cards i don't remember oh well (laughs) spoiler alert the president and the first lady uh, sleep with their bodyguard. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, with uh, what is his name? Meacham or something? Yeah, I think that was exactly it. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I kind of lost interest in that show after he uh, became president. I and, pretty uh, much started rape, raping people. Yeah, well, like, that was the whole thing that it took two seasons, and then I was like, what's the point anymore? Awesome. Yeah, I I kind of stopped paying attention once the actual, actually pretty much since November 2016. Mm. So. Uh, yep. Um. Once it started raping people, it wasn't as fun. Yeah. Happy note though. <laughs> um, the Steelers are Happy. back to being the top of the Boo! AFC North. Uh, Let's go. Uh, Next. We're not talking. No. Next. Let's go. They didn't even have a game this week. Hello. Do you hear that? That's the sound of us hating you. Uh, How does that's, that... just, that's just the sound of all the fucks we're giving. True. And then they get to extend uh, it by beating no, the Browns this week. Don't care. <laughs> this is going to be the week the Browns really do it. I like The thing I like about the Browns is that now with their fourth overtime game, They've uh, officially gone more t- games into overtime than they have regulation. Oh, beautiful. That is pretty great. I know. That's what I'm saying. They need to stop practicing like normal and just do 10-minute drills. Also, have the Browns had – that was week seven, right? So the Browns mm-hmm. have had seven games? Seven. Yes. So Hugh Jackson – is what what is that what does that make him? He was one in the coach of the Browns. He was one in thirty one coming into the year. So now he's so three, he, three thirty five and one. one. So that's what it takes to stay head coach of a team. <laughs> well, not any team. Most teams would have fired him, you know, in the middle of the first season. That's just, I, that's, it's just so funny. 
like this Google search for Hugh Jackson, like the very first picture that comes up, he looks so confused. What is look? Doesn't I mean? And if you just Google Hugh Jackson, like on the sidebar with his Wikipedia. Oh yeah, I like that after their uh, second win this season, he was in the locker room telling his players, "Don't uh, you know? Let all the bandwagoners get to you." Yeah, like you guys have two wins. Calm Uh, down. You should let the band. You should let the bandwagoners get to you. This is the time to let the bandwagoners. Yeah. You want them? If if they're there, grab them. You don't know how much longer they're going to be around. Yeah, you need some help, guys. So what? What is the more? What's the more irresponsible? Uh, uh, move not firing Hugh Jackson or not firing Jason Garrett. Not firing Eli Manning. Uh, okay, there's a third option. I didn't realize there was a third option. I know. I never go for the main options. I always try to be annoying and going outside of the box and the parameters that you say. I I should have known <laughs> honestly. Um, but to answer your question, uh, I, I, it's definitely worse to not fire Hugh Jackson. Uh. Years of mediocrity with Jason Garrett is still better than years of being the laughing stock under Hugh Jackson. True. Okay, that makes sense. I'm gonna have to agree with you there. Um, but here's but here's the thing: the issue isn't necessarily Hugh Jackson. The main issue that the Browns are facing is that their ownership doesn't give a fuck. Their ownership is far more interested in the University of Tennessee and helping out uh, the Vols than they are in helping their own damn team. Same color. This team. is the first year that it's, <laughs> yeah. this is the first year that they actually like done anything to help the Browns by getting Mayfield, by getting Landry, you know, going out, getting Tyrod, things like that. Well, rather getting Dorsey who did all those things. Yeah. But so, I mean, yeah, at least making moves in the right direction. Cause before it was just like, all right, everything's failing. Let's throw another quarterback at it. Well, and they just did it again. They're like, oh, Chubb, Chubb's actually like ready to go. All right, let's let's trade Hyde then. I don't think it's such a bad decision because like you got three. No, no, I'm, I'm with it. I'm with it. Okay. Because you got three starters, really. You got Duke Johnson, you got Nick Chubb, and you got Carlos Hyde. One of them has to go. Yeah. Uh, just because there's no point in holding on to him. It Obviously, was weird when they signed him. Chubb. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's just because they weren't sure about they weren't a hundred percent sure about Chubb. Yeah. Because uh, you never know with your with your draft picks. You you always want them to do well, but right. that doesn't mean that you should be irresponsible. About they can it. still be Trent and, Richardson. Exactly. So I mean, he's proven that he's great and he's ready to go. Uh, you're obviously not going to get rid of Chubb. You have to get one of them. So then you pick between Duke Johnson, who's given you a lot and is still relatively young, or you you go with you go with Carlos Hyde, who's Arguably a better runner than Duke Johnson, but he's older and you know he's not really been with the team as much. I, I would absolutely, one hundred percent agree with getting rid of Carlos Hyde in that situation. Yeah, and it's not a knock against Carlos Hyde; it's just he's old and uh, you have the depth. Yep. Yep. I'm very upset that I did not start Mitchell Trubisky. I really was going back and forth, and I was like, "Yeah, all right. He's playing the Patriots." Yeah. yeah. That that was a sad game. Did you guys actually watch that one? No. No. Wait, wait, wait. I half watched it. I forget what I was doing, but I had it on while I was doing it. Oh, uh, you were playing RuneScape. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, you were. Uh, <laughs> huh. That's what I was doing. 
Yeah. Uh, no, that was such a sad ending because surprisingly, 55 yards out, the uh, Mitchell Trubisky throws a bomber of a Hail Mary. They have the chance to tie up the game. Kevin White makes a miracle catch, only a second catch of the year, also a second catch of the game, I might add. Oh, what? Uh, he makes the miracle oh, catch on the one-yard line and immediately turns and tries to get out. Cannot do it. Uh, the Patriots wrap up and just take him down at the one-yard line. Damn it. It was it was so sad, but it was an amazing play. Antonio Brown would oh. have turned. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've seen it. <laughs> Slip right out of it. I've seen Antonio Brown. No, he he wouldn't have slipped out of it. He was still just extended his arm over. Yeah, miraculously. Whoa. There are a lot of uh, miracle games in the NFL this weekend. Uh, did you guys catch the Titans game? Yes. Yep. That was a sad ending. That was rough. I saw. I only saw the highlights because yeah. again, I was out and about with my mother. Oh yeah, but I definitely I saw that, and that was. It's just yes. a, it was a weird play call. Yeah, I mean, I I dig the idea of going for two in that situation. I see why, you know, you you got confidence in your offense. You're saying, look, we have less than forty seconds, which is the barometer that he used. Uh, we're gonna go for it, and we're gonna win the game here. Yeah, I'm, I'm with that, uh, but which, but it's like, so you go for two. You get the penalty. Now you're, you know, what, maybe two yards, I think, two and a half yards off? I don't, I don't think it was even that. Well, it's half the distance to the goal from the two-yard, uh, or for the two-point conversion line, which I believe is on the five. Uh, so Maybe. So you'd be about two and a half yards out. Um, all you have to do at that in that moment is punch it in. But, you know... They didn't even like disguise it. They made it very clear. Like we're gonna throw the ball here. Yeah. Like if they'd done, you know, like a read option or something where they're gonna option out and try and throw it from there, I'd get that because you're like, oh yeah, you're gonna disguise it as a run and then you're gonna pass. It didn't work. But to go for a pass right there, it just seemed weird. Yeah. Do you think that's like overthinking? Like being like, oh well, they're gonna expect us to run, but so then we're gonna do this, then we're just gonna do this anyway, like. I just feel like you're beating yourself there. Yeah, the it was way. not a good. It's I, so I just looked it up. It's actually even worse because in uh, the two point conversion actually starts from the two. Okay, so it was the one yard line. Yeah, the I was gonna say look closer yeah. than two five, but yeah, because it's um it's so weird on the box or on the play by play on the box it says it's fourth and it's like or they did the um two-point conversion attempt from the one-yard one line. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, there it is. And then Justin Tucker missed his first PAT at the worst moment possible. Four went out for his perfect 222 for 222. Was that what that was? Yep, yep, 222. Jesus. 222 is in my shoes. He looks completely stunned. Uh, yeah, I would be too. That kid hasn't missed since like puberty, and I think that's what they said. Like, he didn't yeah. miss all of high school, didn't miss in college, and then all of a sudden, you know, the, late in his NFL <laughs> career, he's missed. Of course, he's going to be absolutely shocked. As when you somebody... Google Justin Tucker, it's Justin Tucker, 
Justin Tucker salary and Justin Tucker missed field goal. <laughs> yeah, that was that Poor one was dude. that one was rough. And then you had uh, what was it? Brett Mars miss against the was it the Redskins? The oh, Cowboys is that the kicker. Cowboys kicker? Yeah, yeah. That one was sad too because it was like they were for it was a forty-seven yard field goal, and. He misses, or no, sorry, it's a 47-yard field goal. He goes to kick, then they have some weird snap infraction penalty, um, which is, you know, normal, whatever. But he, uh, after that, so it sets him back five yards, and then he kicks it, and it just barely misses at 52, which means he could have reasonably made it from Mm -hmm. 47 if they weren't backed up. Yeah. Sad, yeah. sad play. Human sadder. I still just vote that college kickers come in in like dire times just to fuck with everyone. This here, like, Dallas did. Just shank it from 20 yards. <laughs> just fuck you. Well, Zane Gonzalez <laughs> is working out for a team this week. I forget who it is. Cardinals. Yeah. Cardinals. There it is. Oh, Arizona. Yeah, only Arizona's going to take him. Yeah. <laughs> only only Arizona's gonna be like, yeah, we'll We're take obligated. the local kid. Why not? Yeah, I guess we owe him. Attendance is low. How do we get more people in the stands? We gotta give them someone they recognize. <laughs> in Zane brain. Yep. And they can't take Mike Berkovici because he plays for the Arizona Hotshots of the AAF. Let's go. Yes. Best team. Kira, who Represent. Is, are are you going with them as well? Obviously. So I'm on the I'm on the outs here for, for people listening. The what is the AAIF? You said AAF. AAF. The American Alliance of Football. So this is the the equivalent of the G League for NFL. Um, not really. Yeah, yeah, it is. How is it's it? It's gonna not? be so much better. They're not. They're not related to the NBA. They're not related to I... the NFL. Sorry, it's not like the G League because the G League's a feeder for the NBA. Yeah. How would this not be a feeder? Because they're not related, uh, what you call it? They're not related places. This is a separate. This is a separate entity from the NFL. This doesn't feed into the NFL. This just plays separately from the NFL. Isn't it owned? This by is the, the NFL? people. No, I don't believe so. No, this is play, These are players that, uh, because they, they're trying to fix things that they see wrong with the NFL. Uh, um. TV timeouts. They're cutting back on. Uh, they're getting rid of kickoffs. They're getting rid of uh, onside. Ki- I think they're getting rid of kickers entirely. Um, things that they think are wrong with the NFL. And so instead of it's not like the G League, it's more uh, like players that didn't make it in the NFL that can't play in the NFL that don't want to go play in Canada. Uh, like it's got like Trent Richardson. It's got oh, Bishop Sankey. I am going to redact my fandom of the Arizona Hotshots. And recommit myself to being a fan of the Orlando, yeah. Uh, yeah. the Orlando, what's Apollos. It? Orlando Apollos, solely yeah. because Deuce Barrier, baby. HBC, yeah, and that, that I, I feel that's like that's gonna be like my second team. Like I, I'm, I'm rooting for the Hot Shots all the way because they got Aliotti and they got Rick Neuheisel. I like both those dudes. I but do love Rick Neuheisel. Literally, I know. one of my favorite human beings. Yeah. 
But, you know, HBC, it's hard to root against him. Well, I am going all in on the San Diego fleet. Looking Feet. forward to getting my fleet, fleet with an L, <laughs> fleet with an L. Oh, there will be a lot of L's. Don't worry. Uh. <laughs> uh, I mean, he, that Mike Martz, he just came from the Rams. Well, I don't know if he just came from them. Yeah. You know, I really hate the San Diego fleet. They're starting. Their two starters, the running back and quarterback, are Keith Price and Bishop Sankey. Two like fallen heroes of the University of Washington. <laughs> and fuck the Huskies. Uh, yep, they don't play for them anymore. So, uh, the it's gonna be great. So here's here's something interesting: uh, career history as a coach for Mike Martz. First time he was he was an assistant coach in 1973 for Bullard High School. He's so he's 67 right. years old. Wait, what, what, what was his name? Mike Martz. He's the head coach for the San Diego Fleet. Mike Martz. The last time he was a coach, he was the offensive coordinator of the Chicago Bears from 2010 to 2011. The guy hasn't coached since 2011. Great. Well, Rick Neuheisel hasn't coached. Yeah, HBC hasn't coached for a few years either. Yeah, these Mm. are all guys that, like, haven't really... Like, I'm not saying they're washed up, (laughs) because... No. Um... But like, yeah, Rick Neuheisel hasn't coached since 2011 at UCLA. Um, who is it? There, whoever is the coach of Salt Lake? Uh, oh, Dennis, Dennis Erickson. Erickson. Yeah, ASU, yeah. and he was an assistant the Seahawks. with the Seahawks, and then now he's just fucking gonna crush the Salt Lake Stallions. Ugh. That fucking man. I'm surprised he's like still able to walk. Well, are we sure that he is? Yeah, he's still out there. Ooh, interesting. Oh, you know, you know, the, you know what the Italian. saddest one this is? This is a real horse. The San the San Antonio Commanders head coach, Mike Riley. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh. Ooh, shit. Yeah, oh God, with like defensive coordinator Jim Grobe. Oh, oh my god, they have promo videos now for the teams, including the Salt Lake Stallions. It's literally just horses in the wild. Oh, Mike Singletary will be the head coach for Zach Mettenberger. Also, yep. Also, it's funny that that video is for Salt Lake City because it sounded like a Mormon propaganda video. <laughs> Dude, Mormons are gonna be all fucking over the Salt Lake Stallions, <laughs> and that's gonna be unfair attendance because they're gonna have like you know one family like thirty people. <laughs> <laughs> we all got season tickets, <laughs> and you know they're all gonna be taking cuts in line. <laughs> Hey, do you mind if we just cut ahead real quick? Oh, yeah, that's fine. All right, everyone. Come on. No, 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 no. <laughs> back cuts, back cuts, back cuts. No, god damn it, no back cuts. <laughs>
Did you did you guys see who the head of player re- relations is for the league? No. Troy Palomalu. <laughs> Heinz Ward That's is right. a player relations executive. That's right. Oh, I am so. I just don't understand how they hired Heinz Ward for player relations. That dude is so toxic, and they're like, "Yeah, he can handle player relations. He's done a lot of things with player relations. Are they good or bad? I don't remember. Let's just hire him." Well, I mean, when you have a guy like Charlie Eversall fucking running this shit, he's literally just like a TV guy. I mean, didn't all he have was a DUI? Am I missing something? Charlie Eversall? No, no, no. Or are you talking Heinz Ward. Ward? Oh, he just got into a lot of shit on the field. I mean, I'm not saying he's a bad person. Oh, okay. Watch. Yeah, I'm not saying he's a bad person. I'm just saying, like, to have him as player relations, like... Gotcha. He was very vitriolic when he was on the field, you know. I gotcha, I gotcha. He like he liked to shit talk. He's pretty good at it. Yeah. Almost as good as he was catching balls. Not quite. No, definitely not. Um Yeah, I'm seeing some of the other names that are involved with this too. Uh so investors include Peter Thiel's Founders Fund, the Churning Group which apparently owns Barstool Sports, Jared Allen, Slow Jared Ventures, Allen's another. Adrian yeah, Jared Fenty. Allen, player relations with Heinz Ward. Yeah. Justin Tuck on the Player Engagement Board of Advisors. Okay. Isn't he a kicker? No, that's Justin Tucker. That's Justin Tucker. Justin, yeah, Justin Tucker is Tucker. a defensive uh, line yeah. player. Or defensive end? He's like an edge rusher, I think. Uh yes. So the Giants. Yeah. And he was currently enrolled in the in the NBA MBA program at the Wharton School of Business. Ooh. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna shift our talk here because I think I got a better headline for us to talk about though. Okay. Ray John Rondo. Oh. Rajon Rondo, thank you very much. Ray J Rondo. When he's not spitting in people's face, I'll get his name right. <laughs> oh, how juicy was all that? That was that was a fantastic. I, I've watched that clip like a thousand times at this point. It's so much fun. Yeah, from like from start to finish. Like first of all, you look at the spit. The spit does not look like he's trying to do it. In my opinion, he definitely spits on uh, on CP3. I'm not trying to doubt that whatsoever but i don't think it was intentional like i think they were just arguing a little spittle comes out hits chris paul in the face chris paul already tensions are high the two dudes obviously already hate each other so then chris paul goes starts poking him like not even in the face but like starts going straight for the eye gouge which violent and crazy (laughs) you can tell like oh shit this is about to get good then you know rondo starts coming in with the fucking haymakers and people give too much or people giving a lot of credit for uh to chris paul because he gets some cleaner shots in but i think uh rondo's was a lot uh, was is gonna do a lot more damage not enough credit to rondo for that and then the highlight of it all in my opinion is out of nowhere, Brandon Ingram coming in. My like favorite this part. chill ass dude. 
and just swinging. That's the scariest guy on that court. That Maybe LeBron. Part. Oh, yeah. Maybe LeBron is more scary. But just the length that Brandon Ingram gets, like, I would not want to fight Brandon Ingram, especially out of all those. It reminded me of two things. The uh, the going for the eyes thing reminded me of this thing that I heard in high school. That apparently there was a player on another one of the school's teams who tackled one of our players and then shoved his fingers down the kid's throat and the guy threw <laughs> up. It's like, oh. That's like another level of fucking crazy. Gnarly. Um, <laughs> I'm not bulimic myself. Somebody else made me bulimic. That's yeah. how that happened. <laughs> I'm just holding the bulimia for a friend. <laughs> exactly. But uh, the the other one, Brandon Ingram coming in there reminded me of, uh, so we were messing around with um, like boxing gloves in the dorms. We had like headgear and boxing gloves and um, I was just like really quite intoxicated. And I already love where this is going. They were not. And, uh, and I was like, yeah, yeah, let me get it. Let me get in this. Let me get in this. And so they, they put it on me and I go up against this kid named Lucas and Lucas is fucking Lucas. He's like a solid, probably, I, I, I would say probably three or four inches taller than me and his arms match that. So like if he puts his hand all the way out, like I couldn't reach his chest and it was just completely like outmatched the whole time. I'd try to come up and he'd just put his arms straight out and just catch me in the face trying to come closer to him. <laughs> this is so much fun to image <laughs> picture in my brain. Uh, I bet it was a fair fight normally. Um, no, no. Lucas, when you, Lucas when you throw in some intoxication. Yeah, no. Or at least a little bit more fair of a fight. Lucas would have wiped the floor with me. No competition. Um, <laughs> it it was if I didn't think it was a safe like yeah we're just messing around I never I'd never step up to Lucas. Um, <laughs> but uh, try to give you credit here, man. Hey, I appreciate the credit, and I'll take it when it's due. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was funny to see the, the, like you know thirty seconds of just like hey that looks familiar oh that looks familiar. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But I loved uh, Brandon Ingram afterwards. Apparently, uh, was I, I? I didn't see all of the uh, what exactly he said, but basically that like he'd do it again, even though he understands <laughs> what. Hell yeah! It's like yeah, I'm I'm gonna like I'm not gonna change any behaviors, but whatever. I think a bunch of that aftermath is really interesting too, because like, so first of all, LeBron and Chris Paul are good friends. So if you look at the fight, like immediately after, LeBron doesn't go in and pull off any of his guys. He pulls back uh, Chris Paul and is like, you know, he's trying to get his own friends. Like, that's interesting because, like, who do you pick in that moment? Because you have your teammates and then you have your friends. And you want to, you know, you want to support both. But at the same time, you just really want it all to break up. So that was interesting. And then similarly to the Brandon Ingram thing, I thought it was really interesting that, Luke Walton comes out and says, you know, with his stuff and goes, look, I know I shouldn't say this and I'm going to get fined, but, uh, you know, the refs need to be doing better. And, all, you know, like he starts putting down all the refing, which is something that 
no coach is saying like every other coach is saying like oh the refing is way too strict and then you have luke walton who's saying uh no this is they're not you know calling enough out there and reasonably the re- you know the reason why he did that isn't because he's really concerned about those penalties but he's actually going out there and you know saying to his teammates or to his players look you guys want to start throwing blows i don't appreciate that but i have your back publicly like you guys i am supporting you cuz that's really what you know was the cause of that fight was that both teams didn't feel like they're getting the calls they're getting mad at each other you know like it was a lot of escalation up into that moment it wasn't just the spit so you have luke walton like publicly supporting his players in that whole brawl i thought that was really interesting also i think it's hilarious that luke walton and lebron are from the same draft class oh right well two very different careers so just on the the right place just on the lebron james pulling away chris paul thing i just pulled up the video again he doesn't so much as run in there to break it up as Chris Paul gets basically pushed into his lap and he just grabs Chris Paul and pulls him away. Yeah. yeah that's so fair. like anybody I mean, anybody who's going like, oh, he's going after his boy instead of like standing up for his team, he kind of just went for the one that like came toward him. Like it was really more opportunistic than anything. If anything, Carmelo Anthony like is like backing away. He's like, oh, oh, like trying to get the fuck out of there. Like, I don't want that. I don't want this until Brandon Ingram comes up and then he's like, okay, now I'll I'll hold him back. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I just thought I just thought it was interesting. That's all. Yeah, no that's that's the guy he pulls out of there. That I've heard it from from I'm not saying you said this, but I've heard it from several uh, different places today talking about whether or not LeBron is more for his team or more for the players or or, or more for his uh, his boy or whatever. And I'm just like, that's really you're really not watching the video closely. If that was what you took away from it, no, yeah, that's and that's not the takeaway. It's more of like an interesting note, but it's not the important part, right? Because like. Obviously, LeBron cares about the people he cares about, and obviously, LeBron cares about his team. It's not like one of those is going to supersede the other, or uh, one of them's. You know, he's not going to like, oh yeah, I only protect the people I care about and fuck my team. No, LeBron has always been a team player. He's just been the star. That's but all. also, he fucks his team. <laughs> <laughs> this is a house of cards. <laughs> he can fuck my team. Here we go. If I, if I can have LeBron. Bringing home titles. I personally enjoyed all of it. It was fantastic, yeah. No it doubt. was great. Like it's it's my favorite part of baseball. It's my favorite part of hockey. It's my well, and you have young guys too, like Ingram. Like he's definitely starting things, so it's always really fun to see like the older dude. Like Rajon's been around for fucking years. Oh yeah. Chris Paul, and he came up with like Kevin Garnett, who was like one of the greatest shit talkers of all time. Period. <laughs> like my idol. <laughs> so I just wish we could see a little bit more of him and Joel Joel Embiid. <laughs> Joel Embiid. Joel's amazing too. Yeah, something he's gonna do a lot this year. I thought so- that was funny in his game tonight. They showed him, and he's sitting there like hunched over and just talking shit, going. You can't, you can't guard me. So, and then he gets dunked on. One thing that I thought was, uh, you know, speaking of shit talking, you guys recall that Shaq 
had, I don't know if it was last year or the year before, but was just railing on JaVale McGee to the point that the Warriors had oh, yeah. to reach out oh, yeah. to TNT and mm-hmm. say, calm your guy down, have him, you know, knock it off. Yeah. So oh, his, yeah. his bosses went to him and said, hey, you can't talk about JaVale McGee. And so, <laughs> so Shaq wasn't commenting on JaVale at all. Well, yeah. the this year, uh, I, I watched this because the Lakers were playing against uh, the Blazers for their opener, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, Shaq started talking about JaVale, and he goes, ah, I can talk about the guy now, because last time, the owner from his other team came up and told me to stop saying anything about him. He goes, but I know the owner for this team isn't going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Accurate. Yeah, Jamal's well, been getting away, getting, getting away with some plays this year. It's they're only like three games deep, and it's still like he's he's playing a little dirty this year. I haven't I haven't seen uh, seen said plays, but I'll be on the lookout now. Yeah, there there've been like there's been a few where he's caught reaching in and he just pulls away like nothing happened. Adorable. Um, speaking of them, Shaq and such Lakers, uh, yeah, you guys seeing all the Kobe fans coming out talking shit on LeBron? Because they're like saying like, because oh. no. they're for some reason they fucking hate LeBron. I'm like, you guys are Lakers fans. You should love LeBron. But then they're like, oh, you know, Kobe wouldn't have missed those clutch plays like LeBron did. First uh, of all, LeBron's like the most the clutch tape. player statistically. And second of all, exactly. Check the tape. Kobe's missed plenty of those shots in his career. I just think it's funny that they're trying to like come out here. But uh, I think the reason why they, they're they uh, wanting to discredit LeBron uh, is because whenever you talk about the greatest of all time, it's always like Michael Jordan and LeBron. And then every now and then someone will bring in Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Nobody talks about Kobe. And he has a really good argument for being the greatest of all time. He's a fantastic player. Uh, So I think Kobe fans are mad that now LeBron is in the same team that Kobe was in because now they can't even say that Kobe was the greatest on their team. (laughs) And I'd still say that Jabbar was better, but, you know. I think we've had this conversation. We definitely have talked about Harim Abdul-Jabbar never getting enough credit in this conversation about who's better. Oh, yeah. So. But alternatively, Jabbar is the one who said, let's not talk about the GOAT. We all played in different times and different circumstances. Yep. And it's a very good point. Everything. The rules change every week. Yep. Lou Alcindor couldn't dunk. He wasn't allowed to. Yep. Um, the Cowboys. Overpaying for Amari Cooper. Mm. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. That's going to look really yeah. ugly when the draft comes around. I mean, it looks ugly now. It's going to look really ugly when the draft comes around. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, them picking up Amari Cooper was great. That is a great decision for them. And, you know, they try to justify the, what they paid by saying, you know, other teams were interested. We weren't the only ones calling. So we paid, you know, we gave him a first round pick for it because we think he's going to be the guy. It's like, yeah, but you could also just give it a little bit more time and pick up a great wide receiver in the first round. 
trade like a second round for Lamar Cooper, who's had a real bad case of the drops for the past two years, I might add. He's not been a star for two years. Right. Including this year. Two years ago. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and it's not even like like to the argument of, well, you know, he was a first round pick when he came out of school. Okay, mm-hmm. but they don't get the luxury of that contract anymore. Like he's going to be no, yeah. he's going to be due soon. So, like part of the reason that that is so valuable is because of the contract they get signed to. Absolutely. You know, getting a what 3-year buffer to not have to pay him. Yeah. Well, and it, and it's a spe- mean, even, and especially even up to five if you do it right. Yeah, <laughs> that's how that's how a Steelers fan would frame that. <laughs> yep. Um, hey man, like, collectively know, bargained. Even if, I mean, even beyond that, you know, a first round pick is a very speculative thing for the most part. You know, you're yeah. gambling that. You know, it's going back to what we were saying earlier about Nick Chubb. Like, you're gambling that they're going to pan out, but. They don't always. Trent Richardson did not pan out. Ryan Leaf did not pan out. Well, and even after year one, Richardson like looked like it was going to be a good, like a good fit. Like, oh yeah, he looked good for a year, and then he had an off season of way too much Chinese food. Oh wait, no, that was Eddie Lacy. <laughs> wrong, wrong Alabama yeah, running back. Yeah, that's the wrong one. You're off by a year. Off by a year. Either way, they were both decent <laughs> for a year, and then it just fucking fell apart. Uh, Lacy had a little bit more of a career, but yeah. Yeah, a, a year or two for, in his case. But now Eddie Lacy's going to end up in the AAF. Fingers oh, crossed. we can only hope. Trent Richardson's playing for the Birmingham Iron. He's going to be in the AAF. I'm really excited for Back when the AAF expands to uh, 16 teams. Maybe 12. Let's go with 12. We'll add another division. Yeah, a more accurate right, representation, by the way. We're, we're going, going back to the metaphor. Uh, it's much more like the ABA was to the NBA. Uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah, it's a competitive league that the NFL is going to overlook because they're going to say, oh, they're not getting our top talent, so who cares? Yeah, I, I was and really surprised m- to find out that it wasn't a part of the NFL. I, I thought that, that's, that that was what it was, uh, what they were doing. No, it's a direct competitor to the NFL and to the XFL. Yeah, but just when, at a different time that, of the year, so they don't give a fuck. Yeah. Well, then there was the USFL, which is the same idea, uh, where they played spring football, and that was totally fine until the USFL pulled in. Um, oh my God, I can see his face. Played for the Rams and SMU. Eric Dickerson. Yeah. Played. Uh, initially went to the USFL, and the NFL had a cow because they're like, "Oh shit, that's a top level running back, and we're gonna let we're not gonna let him go." So then. They eventually bought him out, uh, and a very shitty person was running the USFL, and he let it be bought out. I'll give you a hint. He lives in Washington, D.C. now. Uh, Mr. Mr. Drumpf himself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's just another reason, if you don't already hate Donald Trump, he got rid of spring football for you. But it's back. Yes. Well, in least, spite of him. It's back in the upcoming spring. What this means is that in 20 years, 30 years, Vince McMahon will be the president of the United States. Oh, we can only hope. (laughs) (laughs) It's CNN Smackdown. (laughs) 
<laughs> Gosh, it's oh, idiocracy. So much of America would absolutely <laughs> love that. Ugh. Oh, I'm so sad. Now all the voters, the all the voters the who ring the mad Maddow. Oh God, <laughs> so many people would vote for that. <laughs> oh no, it's depressing, right? Yeah. Which, no, by the way, if you're listening to this podcast, up. go out and vote. Your political vote. opinions mean dog shit if you don't go and vote. swing vote movie and david's gonna it's gonna be just like the movie swing vote with kevin costner and david's gonna be the tie break oh my god yeah the the video that is gonna be titled how quickly he became corrupt (laughs) i will sell that vote so fast and then we're gonna be stuck with more liberal capitalism that or pepsi (laughs) and our new president is coca-cola (laughs) <laughs> all right kids i'm tired i need to go to bed yep it's been real all that being said i agree with you jay people listening you should go vote hopefully you already registered because if you didn't by now you probably can't unless you're in a state where you can register in person up until november 6th Ooh, can in you which do that case here? you can't i believe Oregon. you uh Oregon. I know, I know Oregon's moving towards uh, automatic registration. The deadline is November or October 16th. Yeah, see, I would have already been registered to vote if I had an Oregon license, but I don't have an Oregon license because I tried to get an Oregon license and they said, great, go ahead and take a number and then we'll have you take a test. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I already have a license. Why do I need to take a test? They're like, well, you have to take a test for us to give you a license. I was like, but I drove here. What happens if I fail? I think I had to take a um, a written test to transfer over my license from yeah. Colorado to California because the laws were different because we had like here lane splitting is legal for motorcyclists oh, or something like that. So there was there was something that was different about California. Weird. I don't remember what it was. Yeah, that's what I found I out not. after the fact was that it was actually a written test, not a driving test. The way she she framed it, at least, made me think that uh, that they were going to have me be doing a driving test. I was like, no, this is this is nonsense. Weird. My license isn't even expired yet. I'm just going to come back later. When I switched to Washington, they didn't make me take a test. It's weird. That Relax. explains why everyone there is a terrible driver. Oh my god, they're the worst. And it's not even like they can't like move correctly. It's that they just they think it's fine to just go ten under the speed limit in the left lane. Why? Why did you like? Why are you rapidly trying to get into the left lane and then cruise at fifty miles an hour? I don't understand. It's a passing lane. Yep, doesn't make any sense. But I know I, I, 
Every time I go, every time I go home, uh, I I get surprised where I'm like, this was just fine for the first couple of years of me driving. I was just cool with this. <laughs> it's terrifying, right? Yeah, it's, it's awful. Yeah, I, I don't get it. Like, they they're just they make weird decisions. It's that, meanwhile, that and, being said, I see California is completely reckless. Those people are all over the place, and I'm oh, we're terrified. Terrible. Terrified there is a, a drive there. That it is California drivers are the, are the best. I, I don't know what you're talking about because California drivers, you just literally look at them and go, "What's the worst thing that person can do?" And then they do it, and you're like, "Perfect." Yep. I was already planning for it because <laughs> I knew that they were going to do something aggressive. And it's then, so easy to drive there. Conversely, when you are here, you're like, well, everybody else is anticipating me to just do the worst thing possible, like cut this guy off, not using my turn signal. He's leaving enough room. He totally knows it. If I edge over, he's going to know. You're great. It's fantastic to drive in California. I love driving in California. I wish everybody drove like drove like California drivers. You just assume the worst in people. I mean, I kind of do that anyway. I'm looking right now. Most dangerous California drivers. Most dangerous no states to drive in. Of Atlanta's- course, you're organized backwards. Fucking stupid. I don't want to start at 52 and go all the way through your stupid slideshow. <laughs> Number can 52, you, can you, Alaska. Can, can you click in the top and change one of the get variables? Oh, motherfucker. The URL? Yeah, you can. No, he's clicking through all of them. I, I was. I got to 46 by the time you said that. Now, uh, come on. I got you. All right. California. The Oh, Jesus yeah, Christ. California. This is just depressing now. Um, the, uh, the most dangerous state to drive in is not actually a state. It's Puerto Rico. Oh, oh yeah. Well, that's because they don't have roads because they don't have yeah. power. I was like, all right, well, that's dumb. Uh, number two. Well, only like three people died there. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's fatalities per billion miles traveled, 19.2 in Puerto Rico. Uh, South Carolina, though, is number two with 18.6. Then Mississippi, Kentucky, Alaska, that makes a lot of sense. Louisiana, Arkansas, Montana, Alabama, Florida. So California is not even in the top 10. Exactly. At least just in terms of deaths. Yeah, because when you're a California driver, well, that's because they're all stuck on the fucking I-10. At every given, at any given moment, <laughs> a lot of fender benders, but nobody's dying. <laughs> yeah, it's really hard to die crashing at five miles an hour. Yeah, that's actually accurate. <laughs> Damn, let's be right. reasonable here. California is thirty-four. Woo! And... There you go. However, I think if you if you were to recreate this list with states where driving in highly populated areas will actually take at least six years off of your life, California would win. Yeah. Very closely, probably by Georgia, because Atlanta is fucking mm. terrible. Mm, yeah. Actually, uh, if, you're, if you're talking about crazy cities to drive in, New York takes the cake. At mm. least New York is kind of like a grid, and it has enough one way to where there's some Oh, yeah. Level. The organization is fine. It's the people driving that are fucking insane. Yeah, that's true. Washington is number 44. New York is number 47. What's number That's 52? because Washington's like super rural. Let's be real. Yeah. Like um, when you're outside of Seattle and Tacoma and like anything off of 
Yeah, that's the i five. Like, there's nothing. The the safest... not a lot of people are dying in Clay Elam. You know what I mean? Yeah, or in Winthrop or <laughs> Wyoming. No, no, uh, Washington. Uh, no, so the the safest state to drive in is Massachusetts. What bullshit? At six point three, they're just point one below uh, Rhode Island. You more bullshit. They're also geographically just one below. Oh no, they're one above Rhode Island. I redact that statement. Are they right beside? I don't know my New England geography. Well, that's why we have no estate, but <laughs> we'll have to get back to that one next time. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. Later.